If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the X's and T podcast where we talk about X's and T with your hosts, Corey and Danny. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning back in to the X's and T podcast. We are so happy to be here with you. And for your listening pleasure, we have our awesome guest back with us. Hello, Jess. Hey, how are you? Good. So glad to have you back here. Um, So the last time we spoke with you, we were kind of delving into this cult and your relationship with your ex-husband. You left us on a cliffhanger, which is... A major cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, So just real quick, what's it been like for you, you know, talking about this? Because this is something that you had not spoken about before, and now that you're kind of speaking about it, how do you feel? Um, I mean, it's definitely healing to talk about it, obviously, And I just feel like it's a great story to share to help other people in the future not possibly have to go down the same roads. Yeah, absolutely. I think I love hearing that. I love hearing that you're healing from it. That's Mm -hmm. why we started this podcast was to give people a platform to speak their truth and heal. Because I know for both of us, we found a lot of healing in sharing our stories. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're very grateful for you thank you for for your time um but okay so now i'm dying to know we we found out that robert broke up with you and he kicked you out and like where did you go from here what the heck happened so i actually ended up staying in his mom's spare bedroom for like three or four nights what the fuck Um, that is awkward so awkward i know and then i ended up moving in with my aunt um, plot twist. I started dating somebody while I was still living under his roof. You did? <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Yes. I made a Tinder profile and I mean, met hey, somebody. fuck you, dude. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. <laughs> he really fucked you over at that yeah. point. And so why did he, why did he break up with you? Like what the hell? Um, basically the people in the cult business, whatever you want to call it, um, said that because I wasn't willing to launch my own business and we weren't married, that I was not going to be committed to it. And so he had to think about if he was committed to me, if I'm not committed to the business, basically. They were so good at that. They had that motto that they'll either make or break your relationship. I mean, you mm-hmm. remember when my ex-boyfriend Luke and I <laughs> came around um, mm-hmm. Hence the X, right? But, <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. So you start living with your aunt. You're dating someone new. What is your life like at this point? Um, mostly just, like, work, hanging out with the new boyfriend, and that's pretty much it. Um, I was working retail, and it was, like, right around Thanksgiving time. So Black Friday sales, things like that. So I was really busy with work. And then, like, randomly, about a month later, I get a text message from Robert 
and he's like, I want to talk. I miss you. And I'm like, cringe. Mm, but I went ahead and I did it anyway. Of course, we always do. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you go through the whole conversation, you talk, and he says he's sorry he missed me and that he was going to these business meetings and everybody was asking him where I was and it just made him realize how much he loved me and he <laughs> knew he wanted to be with me. Oh, lovely. Okay. So what do you, like, what's going through your mind at this point? Um, at that point I was like really confused because like the guy that I had started hanging out with and dating was super sweet, like actually sweet. Yeah. But I was still like bonded to Robert. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course. So like, I was like weighing the pros and the cons, I guess. Right. And it just so happened that Robert and the time like outweighed everything, I guess. Yeah. You had a past with him and to your knowledge, he's supposedly pursuing this success. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, at the time it probably sounded like a no brainer to you. You're like, yeah. obviously he's the choice. Mm -hmm. So what happens next? Basically, we get back together. Um, I end up leaving the other guy, like, super abrupt. <laughs> never never talked to him again. Like, I think the last text message to him was that I was locked out of my house. And then, like, no communication after that. You just ghosted this dude. <laughs> wow. Pretty much. But yeah. it wasn't me that ghosted him. Like, it was... Robert. Robert. <laughs> so Robert made you ghost him. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Um, just it was that how he went about it, too. Yeah. So like, did, you, did just, you move back in with him, or did you still live with your aunt? I lived with her for, like, one week, and then I moved back in with okay. Robert. Wow. So everything just happened so quickly, kind of as if you were just picking up where you left off. Exactly. So did you notice any changes in him, or, or like, what was he like? Um... It was like the honeymoon stage all over again, being very sweet, very particular with his words and like what he was going to say to me. Very careful. Calculated. Very careful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was almost like putting on an act for the cult. Yes. The business. He was trying to be this business person um, and be a very respectable man and it just wasn't like the shoes weren't fitting right it was very it sounds very disingenuous compared to how he was yes yes so what is it like stepping back into this relationship with him because now he's going to all these meetings and he's he's heavily involved in this cult now where like what happens when you step back in basically I just stepped right in with him I went to all the meetings went to all the Functions, plans, uh, coffee meetings, mentor meetings. The only thing I didn't attend was if he actually had somebody going through the process. Gotcha. Because we weren't married. Right. So what did that look like, him starting to take people through the process? What was it like watching that happen? And, and how did that transpire? <laughs> <laughs> it was very awkward. 
Yeah. He was just an awkward person talking to strangers. Like he was, he always said that he was like a bubbly person, but he would get into a conversation with a stranger and have no idea how to navigate it. Right. And so it was just a lot of like choppy conversations and then almost like panic (laughs) you would see. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. When people would ask him questions and then it would turn into the like anger, like his panic would turn to anger and it was like cut them off. I will just talk to you about it later or this person will talk to you about it kind of thing like that. And I know that he had done that with you a couple of times, too. Yes. Yes, he did. (laughs) Okay. So as we're we're going through this time, um, how many people did he take through the process kind of in the beginning? Um, Honestly, I want to say only about three people. How many? How many of them stuck? One. (laughs) That was you. That was me. (laughs) okay so yeah um so this is around the time where i'm coming in to the picture Mm -hmm. it's uh around january of uh 2016 do you so basically what happened was um (laughs) some guy sideswiped my car Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I wasn't a mutual friend. <laughs> yeah, and he tried telling me that he wasn't from here, and so I looked him up on Facebook, and it, we had a mutual friend, and that was Robert. So I mm-hmm. messaged Robert on Facebook, and I was like, "Hey, can you tell me about this guy?" He said, "Yeah, he's from around here." I was like, "Okay, cool. That's all I needed to know." And then How dare you lie to me? Yeah, <laughs> he told me he was like from Eastern or uh, Central Oregon, and he was definitely not. He was from right where we were. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so what was that like for you watching all of that happen? Like, uh, Robert trying to reconnect with me who had been a middle school friend. The reconnection with you was honestly like the most natural, I guess, reconnection for him because you had already been friends previously. Kind of. Um, but yeah, kind of. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it was just a lot of him telling me mostly like, yeah, she was a great friend. She was a great person. She used to kick me under the table. Uh, <laughs> that happened like one time because he liked to talk crap. See, here's the thing that I never said. Robert and I were never friends. We were acquaintances at school. We went to the same middle school and I knew him because he was collecting donations and did the truffle shuffle <laughs> at a football game. <laughs> He was a freshman at this point, and he was a a larger person, a heavier set guy, so him mm-hmm. doing the truffle shuffle was, like, funny. Yeah. He was always trying to be funny, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately, he and I were not friends. I just knew, uh, like, I've, I rubbed elbows with some, like, similar crowds of people, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he seemed really like personable at the time and was really adamant about like getting me to hang out which we would later find out through the way that worldwide teaches things is single males are not supposed to hang out by themselves with single females yes so what was that what what um because you could not hang out with us right because you and him weren't married and that was the logistical side of worldwide i didn't know this i had no idea Mm -hmm. why his girlfriend could never come and hang out with us at the mall yeah, 
for me, it was, it almost developed like a toxic trait of, for me, it was like, I wanted to know why he was going to hang out with a woman, where they were going to be. And he never answered his phone. That sucks. (laughs) Like when he was with people, he never answered his phone. So I like never knew what was going on. So it just like put me in the situation of like untrust because like, why can't I just go? Yeah. You know, they always told me, you never hang out with the opposite spouse without your spouse. Yeah. No so, opposite gender. Wow. Yeah. It's like, why, why can't I be there? And just not to like make sure anything's not going to happen, but just like, why can't I be there? I'm technically his significant other. Yeah. Um, and it's not like so it was we just were, really hard. Yeah. It's not like we were professional either. I mean, he went and drank with us one night. My ex-boyfriend yeah. and a friend of mine and ours uh, of ours, and I he did. I don't think he drank. He may have drank a little bit, but I definitely was drinking. <laughs> and because yeah. um, back then I was in a very toxic space, you know, if, in my story that I talk about my my story with Kyle Mm -hmm. and when I had been in this relationship with Luke I was very toxic I was in this horrible space which you guys had no idea what had happened transpired before this but I was in a very very abusive relationship um and I was a mess and yeah Robert like noticed that immediately Mm -hmm. and would start to use the that verbiage of the that was worldwide taught right it was um don't use your child as a reason you or as an excuse use them as your reason and he would be like Mm -hmm. well what do you want you know and and that's eventually how he led me to meet john and barbara yes um yeah that's crazy and and that sucks because you could have gone and hung out with us i in fact i don't think we hung out until didn't we go see a movie together? That's where you and I first met, right? Was we were supposed to go see a movie and maybe things didn't work out that we were supposed to go see this movie? But I remember meeting I you at a so. theater. Yeah. I think something had happened. But I can't totally remember. I can't either. But, yeah. That's how but we, we met. we basically remained acquaintances. For quite a while. We did because we were told that we could not. Be friends. We couldn't be friends because. Despite the fact that you were not you. So you're you're living your life as this guy is practically his wife. You're doing Mm -hmm. all of the wife things. But because of the cult and worldwide and how everything works with them, you were not allowed to be that role until you were legally married. And they pushed couples to get married. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you weren't even considered a cross line for me. You were considered just somebody I couldn't talk to. Yeah. Um, and for people who are unsure what that, that term means, cross line, basically you have your, quote, mentors who are everybody above you. And then you have your, quote, what they call downline. That's people below you. And then anybody else those are people who are considered cross line. So now anybody who's not in your direct upline or downline, we had really strict rules with that. So with these, they had these rules, right? Do you remember the cardinal rules? I remember a few of them, yeah. What do you remember? Uh, don't mess with anybody's money. Don't mess with anyone's spouse. Uh, don't do anything for the first time. 
always talk to your upline before you do something? Oh, that was the same thing. Yeah. No negative downline only up. Yes. And no crosslining. Oh, yeah. No crosslining. So um, basically they would explain these rules to us. Um, how, how would they explain the rules, Jess? Like, what do you remember? Um, basically, they explained it as, like, a contract. They like, did. these rules are what you follow or you're done. Yeah. Like, you will not be a part of the business, not be a part of the mentorship. And basically, they made it, like, you would never even, like, see Amway again or something. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They did. Like, they threatened you. Almost. Yeah, it was a very yeah. much a threat. And um, the rules were just so strict. I mean, do you remember some of the things that they had told us that we're allowed to talk to people about? Yes, like you're allowed to, you know, um, talk about the positives of your day or, um, you know, what you enjoyed about the board plan or um Anything that was positive supporting of the person speaking. Yes. Toxic positivity. This whole training mentorship organization teaches toxic positivity. You are not allowed to speak negative. And you can't talk business with other people because other lines of sponsorship would be doing different things. Like I had found out Mm -hmm. from a coworker of mine, we had had a discussion that I would later find out from Robert. That was an inappropriate conversation. He would lecture me about it. Oh my gosh. But I learned that they were doing a much lower PV amount and I felt so betrayed because I could barely afford to live my life. And these other lines of sponsorship are doing less volume every month. Wow. Yeah. So we weren't allowed to talk to other people about that. Um, I mean, don't mess with somebody's spouse. That's pretty, I feel like that's a a good rule. But I think it's because they had a lot of, like, cheating going on. Um, Yeah. They would preach, what, a 4% divorce rate, and yet we were seeing people getting divorced, like, left and right. Wow. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people splitting up. A lot of people. I feel like, yeah, if they have to have that as, like, a rule... And there's definitely a problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not like a normal, like, like workplace, quote unquote, rule to have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, they have these cardinal rules. And um, it was just, it's crazy. So our friendships in the, in the quote, business were very different. Um, Mm -hmm. so as you're kind of going through this, uh, still his girlfriend, I mean, um, when I was in my process, like you and I actually, we ended up getting really close. Yes. And Robert got really mad about that. (laughs) He did. And it wasn't just him that got mad about it. It was other people in the business. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Barbara, I know had pulled me aside one time and talked to me um and another person did too like two people actually did um but basically they were just saying because I'm not in the business that I'm not allowed to hang out with you or talk to you until I'm in the business um and any coordination should go through um Robert and not me even though I handled his entire calendar I handled all of his to-do lists like everything for this guy um but I honestly just didn't really listen to them because every time I talk to you 
like something in my heart was just like, this woman is an amazing woman. And something was just like, don't stop talking to her. Yeah. You know, no matter what they say, just don't stop talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. And well, thank you. <laughs> oh, of course. Thank you. <laughs> I remember we were at a rally and I, it was before I was, I was still in the process. You and I, like I said, I had to go to the bathroom or something and you were at the back because of your fibromyalgia. And we were talking about things that we probably shouldn't have been talking about to their rules, but it's a normal conversation. We were just venting. I mean, it was what you and I would sit at the kitchen table and talk about. Right. And they were telling her she can't talk to me about that stuff. And they were telling me I can't talk to her about that stuff. That I need to talk to... um, Craig's wife Jenny because by this point Jenny came into the business and was working heavily along Craig and at this point I was still meeting quite a bit with um, John and Barbara and John and Barbara were very much like running how Robert was doing everything because despite the fact that they tell you that this is your business it's not it's their business right they are the puppeteers if you will Mm-hmm. Um, so what were the, what was the council sessions, right? Like, right. Oh, sorry. Council <laughs> sessions. So real quick, those are when you meet with your quote mentors. Those are anybody who's above you, um, and who mm-hmm. holds a level of leadership. Um, yes. and those, le- those levels of leadership are so funny. Um, I actually have a list of them <laughs> right here. Okay. Um, so your lead- so this is all the, the leadership pin levels, right? So the first two are Eagle, and that's having six business owners. That's having six people below you, right? And then mm-hmm. Double Eagle is 12. Those two are just worldwide specific things. I don't know if this has changed since then. It may mm-hmm. have. But when we were in, this is what they were. Um, and then the last several are all... Uh, Amway pin levels with that's a PV amount so it's platinums were 7500 PV the ruby was 15,000 PV the emerald was having two platinum legs so two two different producers who had the 7500 PV and then I think the diamond is the it's kind of the last one the last major one I mean there's ones beyond that Mm -hmm. but the diamond pin level is having six platinum legs so six different businesses doing 7500 and they would tell you it's not a pyramid (laughs) but it is oh it's absolutely nothing pyramid they will they at first they would tell us that it was a pyramid that was not a pyramid and then they started leaning into the pyramid uh stereotype Then they'd be like, everything's a pyramid because you got your CEO and you've got your OOs. And you know what I mean? Like, they would say it just like that. Wow. They would. (laughs) They tried to play it off like it wasn't, but it definitely was. Yeah. But basically, that's your leadership. Anybody within who fell within those um, ranks. um, And you wouldn't see anybody. Like, once our leaders hit that diamond level, we never saw them. Wow. Ever. Yeah. And we only had one one set of leadership do that number um yeah yeah, that's a lot in what four years yeah they took them like seven years is their story but yeah we don't really know right um because we're never told the truth yeah yeah exactly so these council sessions right um were you going to these with robert 
Most of them, yeah. So just so you're not allowed to do any of these leadership things, right? As you're you're not allowed to be a business owner, but they still expected you to do all of these things that yeah. business owners do. Yeah. So they wanted me to be a business owner. I just couldn't afford it. Like working a minimum wage job, how was I supposed to afford all of that and my bills that I had? Because um, Robert wasn't paying my bills at the time. I paid my own bills. He paid his own bills. And nothing was combined. But basically the mentor sessions <laughs> were a lot of check-ins, I would say. It was a lot of relationship check-ins. And then barely any business check-ins because we couldn't get past the relationship problems to even have a business problem. Um, so the little bit of business that we talked was mostly, you know, goals, um, how many people we wanted to bring to uh, board plans or functions or through the process, things like that. Um, but a lot of them were just talking about the issues in our relationship. And anytime I would voice any issue, um, yelling at me, getting mad at me over like leaving a spoon in the sink. Um, I was told to bite my tongue and it will get better. He's growing. Wow. He's trying to become the man that I need. Um, and I need to become the woman that he needs. Gross. Seriously exactly fucking disgusting. Gross. I, I don't understand how it clicked in my brain back then that that was okay advice to give to somebody. Because <laughs> it's really not. Like, no. somebody yelling at you because you left a spoon in the sink because you were rushing to work. Like, that's just stupid. That's right. not normal. Yeah. It's not normal, no. Oh, my goodness. So you guys' relationship at this point is kind of starting to struggle. And what did that, mm -hmm. what, what, like, what were some of the struggles you guys had? I know you mentioned the spoon situation where he starts yelling at you. Um, what else, if you don't mind? Um, a lot of it was household chores. Uh, he didn't want to do any household chores, and he wanted it all to be on me. But I couldn't keep up with everything and work a full-time job. Right. Um, so if he was like looking for socks and I didn't get them put away and they were still in the basket, there was always an argument of why can't you just put the laundry away? Like, why do you have to be so lazy? And it's like, I'm working 40 hours a week now paying most of our bills and you expect me to come home and clean the whole house. And some of the other issues were physical intimacy due to my health concerns, health problems. Yeah. I wasn't able to be physically intimate a lot of the time. Yeah. And he just didn't care to understand that it wasn't, like, it wasn't that I didn't want to be, especially at the time, like, I wanted to be, but my body physically couldn't. Yeah. And when your body can't you mentally don't want to do it. Right. Right. You know? And so I was always told, well, my love language is physical touch. Oh God. So I need this in order to feel loved. 
They and I'm really like, pushed that's that. That's not how it works. Right. Wow. And I would tell him that, like, you can have your love language filled in other ways than just physical intimacy. Right. And for him, it was like, no. Like, I'm wrong. He's right. And that's the only way that he wants it to happen. And I'm like, okay. And then it would turn into, it was my fault that he had a porn addiction. What? And he actually wanted to watch it while we did it. What? Oh my gosh. That's fucked up. And like, never like the adventurous type of person and neither was he. (laughs) I was gifted a toy for Christmas that year. From him? And no, from a friend. Oh, just as like a gag gift? As a gag gift. Gotcha. Okay. And I was like, hi, Pat. I that just kind like of wanted to try it. Like, I never used one in my life before. So I like, just wanted to try it. And he yelled at me and said, How can I please you if you have a toy? What? Wow. <laughs> Sorry to the parents and- out there who are listening. Um, <laughs> but you're talking about healthy, intimate relationships and communication and this person is just belittling you and and that's not normal no yeah and on top of it dealing with like health concerns where i was extremely exhausted i was extremely lethargic migraines body aches i almost couldn't even like walk at work sometimes oh my gosh and at the time i was like picking up grown adults you know, I was a caregiver, so, like, I had to take care of these people. Right. And then I would have to come home and take care of him. Right. And then after that, you, you're expected to go sit straight up and down mm-hmm. at one of these, you know, meetings, various ones that, that they yeah. had. And I remember many times you were just in so much pain, and, and he would get mad at you for, like, wanting mm-hmm. to stand in the back or wanting to get up. Like, and yeah. they... It's it's unfortunate, really, mm-hmm. that that's what happened. I'm going to. Okay, so you're in pain, too, because you're working so much. What was Robert's job situation like at this point? Um, At this point, he was, like, on and off with jobs. And he had left construction a while back, and he was doing, like, sales and warehouse work. And so, like, nothing was paying well enough that we needed. So I was working... Um, you know, like a full-time 40-hour-a-week job. I would also be walking dogs, dog sitting, dog boarding at our own house, folding people's laundry, washing people's laundry, ironing people's laundry, DoorDash, Uber Eats, all while 
trying to work, manage the business, and take care of things that need to be taken care of. And you're not even married to him yet. And Exactly. And all this hard work is not going acknowledged because in this particular business, they would offer us incentives, right? And these were the mm-hmm. most manipulative, like, toxic um, incentives that they could offer you. Like, it, it, like mm-hmm. the way to get into these incentives is ridiculous. They would have them mm-hmm. every, like, they had one during the summertime. I think they called that one Splash. And then they mm-hmm. had the holiday ones. Yeah. And they would make like these goals, right? So you would have to talk to X amount of people. You would have to say certain things to these people and set meetings and things. And like, you look like you're dying. I'm tired. Do you want to like. No, it's fine. Are you sure? Okay. Sorry. We can edit that part out. (laughs) Um, Okay. But yeah. So, and you're not even able to go to any of these. Nope. I had to stay back, even though I helped him get the like quotas that he needed for those right you basically did all the work and then he just got all the credit for it exactly but even after being married that's how the business worked the women would do majority of the work and the men would take the credit wow yeah that's unfortunately true so what prompted you because you guys I was at your wedding (laughs) so you guys do you guys do end up getting married and and why like what does that whole journey look like deciding to get married uh this is where I feel pathetic because it was a lot of me begging him why can't we just get married we're basically married um we treat each other like a spouse it's just a piece of paper at this point is all we need. And it was a lot of him being like, well, I just want to make sure we're ready. And, um, there's things in the relationship that need to change before we can get married. <laughs> and then it was like a short time frame between that mindset and him saying, yeah, we'll just get married. Paul and Sandy said, it's a good idea to get married. <laughs> wow. Because somebody oh. else told him to, basically. We'll have to edit that part out. So, John and Barbara said it was a good idea to get married? Yes. Ugh. And how many uh, council sessions did it take for them to finally get Robert to realize that you guys needed, like, you guys basically needed to get married? Uh, there wasn't one. <laughs> he just decided it on his own. And he was like... I'm going to propose to her and he proposed to me with my promise ring. And then one month later we were going to get married after that. Wow. It was very much like shotgun wedding. (laughs) Wow. I was definitely there. I did push to try to have your guys wedding on my birthday. Um, Respectfully. Thank you so much for not getting married (laughs) on my birthday. (laughs) I remember yes. my my son and I went together um and I don't I wasn't pregnant yet and we were next to one of our we sat next to one of our other uh quote leaders um who was kind of phasing in and out I mean through this time we had leaders who were like dropping like flies people just mm-hmm. would come around and then they would be gone and we weren't allowed to ask why people were gone either yeah we would see people 
and then they would just be gone. And you would develop like friendships with these people. I mean, as much as we were limited to conversation, you still found ways to communicate and connect. And you would be like, man, this person is so cool. I remember one guy, his sister sold peanut butter and he would bring (laughs) peanut butter to like, um, events and stuff and like give it away. Like he gave me one that was like an almond butter. So good, by the way. And then the guy Mm -hmm. just kind of didn't like you just stop seeing him around <clears throat> and then you just wonder like what happened right. and you're not allowed to ask it disappeared yeah so um you guys are now like you guys get married um what is that kind of how does everything change once you get married um once we get married it really took a shift into he was the boss yeah he was the boss of me um he was the boss of our finances, basically everything. And it, it stemmed a lot from, um, other people saying, you know, like you're the head of household, you got to lead, you got to be a leader and things like that. Um, and with him wanting to be the boss, it sparked a lot more arguments in terms of finances, uh, more physical arguments, Lots of holes in the walls, broken doors, broken phones. Wow. Um, and I was still, I mean, working two, three jobs, doing two, three side jobs. And he, he at the time did have a job, but it wasn't paying enough. And every time I would even ask for help, it was like a pity fight he would just create a pity party for himself and then it would turn into a fight and then in would get physical and like just mean right like a toxic cycle toxic cycle yeah and your expenses went up in the business right as soon as you guys got married yeah damn it went from like $600 a month to like average of a thousand eleven hundred dollars a month oh my gosh that's a big jump yeah yeah and on top of you know rent and car insurance and the the amount of gas that we had to pay to get to all of these things right it was insane wow yeah so when did um when did everything just kind of come crashing down like when were you like this is enough um it was about a year and a half. Robert didn't have an actual job. He was doing DoorDash, but even that was too much to ask of him. And I gave the benefit of the doubt, you know, he was in a car accident and it hurt him. Um, but I had gone to the appointments with him and the doctor said, there's nothing wrong. So lose weight. And you'll probably hurt less. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, great. Let's eat healthy. Let's cut things out. You know, let's exercise together. Let's try all these things to get your pain under control. And I gave it my all one last shot. And he wanted to waste money driving to his mom's house, Taco Bell all the time, um, going to these meetings for this business and there was nothing happening. Nobody was going through a process. We weren't bringing in any money. We were spending more money than we were even making. Our savings was dwindling down to nothing. Yeah. I was basically like 
borrowing money to pay bills and then paying it back. Right. Wow. And I, I had taken a job at a restaurant and I was the general manager. I was making decent money. I was on salary. And I mean, yeah, salary sucks because I had to work a lot of hours, but I could pay the bills and I had a little bit of wiggle room. And so I was like, oh, this is a blessing. Like, this is great. This is what we needed. And so I put my all into this job and he didn't like it. He wanted me to put my all into this business, even though nothing was happening. Yeah. And I told him that I wasn't going to spend any more money on this business unless he was going to bring in money with it. You know? Yeah. And Which is totally I had, yeah. And I had asked, can you make $400 a month? I have to worry about my grocery bill. I want to be able to go to the grocery store and buy whatever food I want. And that sparked the biggest fight in our entire relationship, I swear. Just being able to go to the grocery store and buy what you want. Mm-hmm. And this is because you were taught that the only things that you could buy had to come from your business, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And me asking him to make a certain amount of money was like asking a crippled person to walk across the room. Dear God. Wow. Like, how dare yeah. you? Wow. How dare I? Exactly. And he even said to me, like, how do you expect me to do that when I am broken? And I'm like, you're choosing. You, yeah. You are choosing to be broken because yeah. you drive to your mom's house, you drive to Taco Bell and you drive to your friend's house. And that's my gas money that you're wasting. That's crazy. So he was not leading by example. Not at no. all. Because he would criticize anybody else in, in this business, which respectfully to him, he only had one downline aside from me. I had several. Yep. My mm-hmm. business was significantly larger than his. Like I put my all into this damn business. And there was yes. a time before the time I actually ended up leaving where the red flags really started to be extreme. And that Mm -hmm. was when I realized that this business is not my business. I don't have control. They would tell you that you have control. And there was a there was two different instances where I had couples that I wanted to kick out of my process. I was like, I don't like these people. One was this woman who at a major function was just acting so irrationally. Oh my gosh, we'll never forget her. She was psychotic. Wow. Yeah, her boyfriend. Embarrassing. Yeah, her boyfriend and her ended up breaking up, and her boyfriend would then get sponsored under me. Shout out to him. Um, (laughs) But, uh, um, and then there was this other couple who was just weird. Do you remember the weird? It was just odd. Just, they wouldn't. I think I do remember them, yeah. So they were odd. And honestly, respectfully, I don't judge people, but these people are fucking weird. Okay. (laughs) They would never listen to the rules. They were always just, it just, it was uncomfortable for me. I didn't want them around. And um, Craig led this forever Craig Mm -hmm. kept them around forever they chose these people who were not even in the business I was the one providing money and they chose them over me Wow! and that was kind of the last red flag where I was like because the first time they talked me back into it like this will never happen again we you know you were right we were wrong kind of thing Mm -hmm. the second time they finally told you what you wanted to hear yeah the second time Mm -hmm. they finally let me kick this couple out of the process but then after that they were still continuing to convince me to stay with kyle nope yeah and then after 
that it was it was just a mess. Like so much happened, and you can hear my story later. This is about Jess, but <laughs> I mean, there's just so many red flags. And um, so outside of your relationship with um, Robert and you telling him all of this, what is going on with the the mentorship? What are they telling you? Um, I had kind of taken a step back when I had started the job at the restaurant, but I was still reaching out to Craig and his wife occasionally. And his wife was more on the side of, um, <laughs> like supporting Robert and me supporting him. And I'm yeah. like, well, I'm supporting him financially. What do I get? Yeah. You know, it, it came down to, like, I can give my all, but I'm getting zero in return. So what point do I have with this? Yeah. And they would basically tell me, you know, like, he's healing. He's getting better. Um, we're working with him. And it's like, you've been working with him for four years almost now. And it's the same cycle after cycle after cycle. And you're telling me the same thing that you told me four years ago, that he's healing and getting better. And there's been no change. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. You know, and at this point it was, there was physical violence and sexual violence. Like, it wasn't just calling me names or punching a wall behind me or throwing something in my direction. Like, yeah, it was grabbing me and forcing me to do things that I didn't want to do. Yeah. And it was, you're my wife, so I'm going to make you do this. Ugh, you God. know, that was his wordage. Wor verbage. verbage sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> that was his verbiage every single time. You're my wife, so you have to do this and I'm going to make you. The that's Bible disgusting. says so. And it's like, that's not how this works. And when I would voice that to these people, it would get dismissed. Oh, he would never do that. That that would never happen. We would never allow somebody to do that. Yeah. But and I'd be like, happening? well, you're, you're not in my bed at three o'clock in the morning. Right. Like, you're in your own bed. I'm there unsafe, not sleeping because I don't want to sleep there. Wow. And yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm going to stop. So what did it look like trying to get away from that situation? Um, I mean, it was easier than I thought it was going to be, but there was just a lot of, he, he was pushing and not respecting boundaries, which you know, obviously you guys know these people don't respect any boundaries. Not at all. No. And it, my boundary was, I need space. I need time to think. I don't know what my brain wants to do. I don't know anything at this point. And he was like, well, can we still have sex? Can we still talk? Um, well, I want to be with you. And I said, well, I don't know if I want to be with you. That's the problem here. The problem is not that you don't want to be with me. It's that I don't know if I want to be with you. And immediately when I had said that to him, he broke down into tears. 
and wanted his mom. <laughs> his exact words were, I want my mommy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not even lying. Wow. Tears in his eyes and everything. So I what? He mommy. couldn't handle the fact that he was just a fucking piece of shit and abusive. And, and then that, you're rejecting him. Yeah. And I was rejecting him, yeah. And the night that this all kind of went down, he he was really mad at me because I had just bought in a brand new vehicle for myself. He stole my spare key and then tried to take my keys from the front door and pinned me in the corner of our bedroom. And when I tried to jump over the bed to get away, he grabbed my hips and pulls me down takes the keys out of my hands and tells me you are never leaving this house. Oh, and I God. knew in that moment, I like, I needed to get out. Yeah. I had been drinking that night. I probably shouldn't have drove. I grabbed my keys from him and I just left and I went straight to Danny's house. Yeah. Wow. That was the only place that I knew that I felt safe. I didn't even feel safe going to like my mom's house. Like I needed someone who was safe. Right. Yeah. So at this point, um, we hadn't spoken since my son was born because I kind of left this whole life behind me. Right. And um, we had reconnected. I think I texted you maybe the day before, just by yeah. chance. I texted you and we reconnected. We had a really long conversation about what the hell was actually going on. Um, they yeah. had lied about why I left, which, yep. of course, they did. Yeah. They're not going to tell the truth. No. Mm-mm. And, um, we were able to open up to each other and I that's when I really learned because through this time she was not allowed to tell me anything right and we finally learned what the hell each other was going through in this whole situation wow yeah so she came to my house um we had a long talk about how we don't do that again (laughs) nope (laughs) like call me I'll come pick you up I'll fight him I don't give a shit right yeah like respectfully fuck Robert like I hate him to this day I hate's a very strong word I don't hate many people but for what he did he deserves it yeah yeah Um, and, um, yeah, so I'm really grateful that you were able to make it safely to my house that night and that uh, you were able to, you know, everything was fine. Um, so what happens after this point? Um, I'm on the phone with Craig, his wife, and Robert. Oh, yes. Outside oh, your house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they basically ask me, well, what do you want? And I said, I don't want to be with him anymore. He just assaulted me. And you guys are thinking this is okay. You guys are basically telling him that he did what he was supposed to do. Because they were saying, well, he was emotional. And he's been hurt. And things have been really bad um, from you on your end for a while. You haven't been a part of the business. And you haven't been committed. So they're just blaming you. Yeah, blamed me for the whole problem. Wow. That's so fucked up. And I just said, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And I said, when I come back to my apartment tomorrow, I don't want him there. And then I hung up the phone and I went into your house. And that was pretty much it. There was more to, you know post-separation but yeah yeah I had the pleasure of serving the divorce papers um but likewise Jess was also the one who served my divorce papers (laughs) (laughs) yes um yeah I mean 
Have, have you heard since anything from Craig, Jenny, John, Barbara? Nope. After that night, no communication from anybody. Wow. And these are from the same people who said, you'll quit us before we quit you. Exactly. It's not about the business. It's not about the money. We'll always be friends. Bullshit. Exactly. And, yeah. And that's that doesn't even, like, I don't even think that completely covers all of the manipulation within the business itself. I mean, we were told things like, like, what are some of the things that you felt really guilty about? And that maybe took you a long time to get over. Um, buying anything other than store brand. Yeah, buying buying anything that wasn't their products. Yeah, that's true. Going to a store and spending money. Sleeping, probably. Um, sleeping, yeah. Taking a nap, even now, like I'm a stay at home mom, and like it's okay for me to take a nap when yeah. my son naps, but I still feel guilty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They it's do hard. that. It's kind of a side note, but didn't we, is this the same person that we found his TikTok? At yes. One point? yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. But yeah, I mean, this Crazy. cult, they really, they pull you in. They isolate you from your family. They teach you that your family's the worst because they're all still got jobs. You need to listen to them over everybody else. They always say, I'm not going to listen to my dad. He's been divorced. Or I'm not going to listen to him. He doesn't own a business or what have you. Right. And they really isolate you. And you are only mm-hmm. supposed to listen to them. Wow. Yep. And when you decide and you realize, like, this is not, I can't do this anymore, they leave you. Yep. High and fucking dry. Because you're not yep. useful to them anymore. Exactly. It's all about the money. Wow. They discard you so fast. That's so fucked up. But here you are now. You're a yeah. mom. You're in this healthy relationship. You are far away from all of the bullshit that they put you through. Yes. And how do you feel now? I feel, I feel great. I still struggle almost every day, but the difference is, is I'm with somebody who puts my feelings on the same table as theirs. Yeah. And so when I'm having a rough day, if I need to talk about it, if I need a hug, if I just need to be left alone, like I get that. I don't get told, just suck it up or bite your tongue or just go to work because you know you have to right now. You know, like, I have support, I have love, and I have assistance. And it just makes all of the difference, I feel like, in a healing journey like this. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Um, Thank you. It's a lot. And yeah. <laughs> hopefully, you know, anyone who's listening and you've been, you know, you've had an interaction with Worldwide Dream Builders, um, there's a lot of negative out there. And it's for good reason. A lot of people have had yeah. negative encounters with, with this organization because of the toxic um, things that happen within. Um, like we said, we're not going to name our line of sponsorship. Um, but just know that it, it happens industry wide. So we hope that yeah. if you're hearing this, you think twice about going to another meeting or meeting up with that person who's reconnected with you and wants to get you in their pyramid scheme. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall for the trap. Don't do it. Yes. All right. Well, Corey, where can they follow us? 
You guys can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at T underscore podcast. Um, and then we're also, we upload weekly to Spotify and Apple Podcast. Every Thursday. Yes. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.